It's May 2020, and Mayfest isn't happening. And this is not a Mayfest podcast. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) We've already spoken three times. No, twice on the phone today, haven't we? Yeah, we have. So should we... (laughs) Should we just call it? Okay, (laughs) bye. I've said all I've got to say to you. Where's a good place to start? We were we were talking earlier about um, the last time we were actually in the same room, so maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. Which was like mid March, I think, and uh, we were in the office, and I said to you earlier that the, that uh, we just cancelled the festival, um, and we we were writing emails to people to say that we yeah. were going to cancel, and um, and you said this might be the last time we're hit, we're in here for a while. And, and it, it's re- it really stuck with me that, like, I've, I keep coming back to that moment. And a couple of times I've been into the office to water the plants and it feels really eerie, like all our post-it notes are still on the wall. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah I'm sort of glad that I haven't, well, obviously I'm not glad that I haven't been into the office because I missed that space. Mm. But um, equally, I'm sort of pleased that I haven't been in there in this time. Yeah. Because the feeling of that day is very, yeah, not to be sort of too grand about it, but it was a very curious experience, obviously, as it is for lots of people. And I felt like, oh, sort of that weird 24 hours of um, sort of dancing around the idea of like knowing that we, of course, had to cancel and dancing around it as a, well, maybe, you know, well, just magical thinking. We were just thinking maybe there will be something which means that we won't have to. But the fact that that kind of thinking and talking straddled the time that then it wasn't even our decision anymore. Yeah. And so that that kind of curious mixture of the kind of unbearable feeling of responsibility of having to do a thing that you just don't want to do, but that you know is the right thing to do. And then that not even being your decision anymore anyway. Yeah. I don't think there isn't even a sort of comparable experience for that sort of quickness of turnaround. No. But yeah, we won't be in here for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And how is that for you? How, like, where, where are you at I'm in my, anyway? My, uh, I'm in my flat. I'm in my living room, which is also my bedroom. Um, uh, yeah. I'm quite lucky because I really like my flat. But um, uh, also, it's quite a lot being pretty much spending all of your time in one room. Mm. Um, but actually, I've been joined by a mouse recently, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Who woke me up in the middle of the night last night? I haven't told you that. Oh God! I could, I could hear him scratching around somewhere. Yeah, so it does. Uh, it's strange because I, um, uh, on the one hand, I've always managed. I've always been able to work on my own. In like, I've never really had a problem with that. But the thing that I miss the most, and actually the thing that in those conversations that we've had over the past few weeks about, like, well, should we give up the office? You know, what are the ways that we could change what we're doing, or blah blah blah. And actually, it's the bit. I think the thing that I miss the most about being in that space is the is people popping in <laughs> and that's like artists or people we work with or whoever so the the kind of unpredictability of being in that in a space with other people and also like we were saying oh there's a magpie outside my window um, also like we were saying um the other day it's completely gone out of my head now that magpie is staring at me um, you didn't greet it you have to say that like in this moment when we're now trying to think about what what we're going to do in the future and what might be different and blah blah blah, that it's really hard. I find it really hard to do that kind of thinking uh, when I'm not in the same room as you, particularly. Mm. But generally, like doing any kind of big thinking is really difficult when you're not physically with someone. 
because yeah. it's much di- more difficult to have really long pauses or like you feel like you have to fill fill the air a bit more and there's just well it's just about being the same room isn't it so it's that it's that bit I miss mm. where are you like conceptually or <laughs> both <laughs> well I'm on my bed <laughs> I'm not in my bed I'm on it mm-hmm. um and I don't quite know why I've come to sit on my bed because I think this might be like maybe the second time I've done that uh, in the last seven or so weeks. So I wonder what that says about needing to be somewhere comfortable for this conversation. But yeah, I'm on, on my bed. It's done in a funny bedroom. Uh, my son Joseph is downstairs watching a film. What film? <laughs> Which is just how it rolls at the moment. But yeah, the I mean, as you know, I feel really similarly about the kind of the kind of impossible feeling of trying to have meaningful ideas, let alone make meaningful decisions in such a solitary space. And although we're, you know, obviously very lucky and able to stay connected, there is something about the two dimensionality of the technology that we have to use to speak to people and that I find it. I, yeah, so it's interesting to think about what being in the room means because it's, it's to do it's, to do with all of the senses isn't it it's what you can see it's the other peripheral noises that you can hear that kind of feed into your conversation and yeah the interruptibility mm. and the smell and you know things like that sort of an energy but i thought it was interesting the other day when we kind of we kind of called out the fact that we're aware that we've got a bit of an impact still i know it's still very early days around the question of like what do we do <laughs> and that as soon as we turned the what into how do we talk about what we do? I felt immediately like something had opened up that, you know, that the, the, the change is much more holistic. We can't really rely on the usual sort of systems or structures such as they are for how we make decisions because they don't make sense. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That, doesn't, maybe that doesn't make sense, but yeah. No, I know what you mean. We talked about the day of, of cancelling the festival and how, and how that felt and how the decision then was kind of not ours anymore. What I found weird is for a while it felt like we were watching all the other festivals around the country hold out, hold out, and then cancel, or feel like they were making decisions in the days after we did. And then everyone's kind of uh, mentality, that everyone's feeling about um, about what the future might be. There was a period where it was changing so quickly. It feels like it's slowed down a bit now, but that at first it was like, oh, we'll be back again in June or, you know, the festivals that are happening in July could happen. And mm. uh, I was thinking about the Edinburgh Fringe the other day and how uh, for a while they were like, yeah, this is still happening. And then that, that got cancelled as well. And how actually the, it now feels quite clear that, that anyone gathering in any kind of number won't really be possible for quite a long time. And so it feels like the kind of initial rush of everyone putting out online films of of shows and stuff, that's also now been replaced by people actually trying to think about how we might all start making stuff again in a different world. Mm. That's what I that's what I start to go, ah, I, I, I find it hard to be excited about that. About what aspect of that? About thinking about okay, well, we could do we could do a, a project where everyone, where the audience are in cars or they're all standing two meters yeah. apart or whatever. Yeah. Because so much of what we do in Mayfest and and in producing our projects is about uh, being really close to other people and mm-hmm. thinking about undersong and session and those shows where it is where they just wouldn't feel as they wouldn't feel as powerful if it was uh, if there was a kind of um, rigidity to how people were allowed to be in that space yeah I agree of course that's a really tricky thing isn't it because it's also we can't just sort of stand here obstinately stamping our foot 
and saying, no, no, this is, you know, this is the only way we can do things because it's because it's what we care about and we believe in, which yeah. is true. But that's also formed by two, the sort of culture of the organisation is formed by two people in the life that we've had so far. So that's when I'm like, we've got to be thinking about making art or, you know, what does all of this mean in a new world? And that phrase, like, in the new world, it's like, what, we don't even know, I don't even understand that phrase, and, no, and nobody does. What does that look like? How do we know what it is until we're in it? Oh, hang on, we're already in it. Yeah. And so the kind of like fantastical journey that you can go on in your head about what that may or may not mean, and in any case, the difference of that meaning for different people in society is far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it you know it always is, but I mean, there's interesting lessons in this there anyway. So it's hard to think of like the, the next festival, isn't it? Yeah, because without just going sort of well for me I just kind of just think oh we'll do one like this but not this in the future yeah 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 end of intelligence because who knows what it will be like in 20 2022 and what happens to all of the work that we were going to present this year and uh, when might that be possible to bring as much as we can of that to Bristol and like what is our uh, kind of what's our long-term relationship to the festival and like ha- you know all of that stuff but it does it has made me feel like I do really miss being at a festival <laughs> really want to be at a festival again what is it about um, uh, about it that you miss I miss the kind of thrill of discovering something new I suppose like the feeling of going into a, a room and uh, watching something with other people I think mm. and there's two things there's like being a pure audience member in that but also there's a thing that I that we both really enjoy about Mayfest which is sitting with the work that we've programmed and feeling an audience experience it for the first time, which is like a really amazing feeling. Mm. Um, but also I just miss like being in the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I miss being in the bar and I miss being like out of the front of Arnolfini with my shorts on in the sun or like uh, on King Street or, you know, mm. coming out of Trinity and deciding to go to the Bonsier Tavern. Basically I just miss alcohol with other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most important thing to attend to, really. Yeah. But actually, there was like the other night I went to um, uh, Tom Marshman's um, Annette Curtin's big party or something, big night in. And afterwards, uh, he did the performance, and then uh, he set up a Zoom link for for like the after party. Anyone could go along, and actually, the the group of people that went along were we didn't really know each other very well. And it was exactly like the, the same feeling you have when you go to see a show and then you go to the pub afterwards and you end up sitting at a table with a bunch of people who've just seen the same show and you have a little chat and it felt really nice. I kind of miss that, the kind of unexpectedness of the connections yeah. you make, I guess. But it, it can't have been exactly like it. Well, no. Yeah. No, true. Just and checking, because otherwise we're in a circular contradiction of everything we've said. <laughs> No, it wasn't. And actually, I got tired. I got tired of it quite quickly. Yeah. It felt like it was. The mo- yeah, you're right. There was a kind of momentary thrill, and then it. You don't have all the rest of the like stuff that goes around being in a pub, I suppose. It's something about the way in to an experience and the way out as well, which is connected to our sort of obsession about what it means to host. Yeah. So I had a similar. You know, went to a couple of things at the Brilliant Gift Festival, and. You know, again, just hats off to Kate Craddock for mm. doing a brilliant thing with the kind of reorienting of that online. But I was really struck by what it felt like to suddenly, like, you know, you're in your room as you always are, and then suddenly you're there. There's no kind of navigating your way out of it. There's no walk home where you can kind of process and leave the environment. 
Yeah. So for me, the kind of bleakness of coming back down to earth after it was really intense. Felt really sad. Yeah. So, and I'm sure part, you know, we'll get used to that a little bit. And there's there's lots about it which I loved, and, and I surprised myself. But that thing about where does the experience start for an audience at a festival, from the invitation that you make to how they get there to how they're welcomed to how you say goodbye is really important. And, you know, what does it mean for us to uh, produce and program work in a new world, which may or may not be able to pay such attention yes. to that? That does my head in a bit. Yeah. And well, tomorrow would have been our opening party. Yeah, it would. It would. And in fact, Claire, our marketing manager, just texted me to say, really looking forward to the first night of I'm a Phoenix bitch tonight and crying emoji. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Feels, that feels a bit sad. Yeah, it would have been our opening party tomorrow night. And it's weird because actually we just, I don't really, I can't really picture it in my head what I thought, it, what I think it would be like because we we were just about to nail where it was going to be before all of this happened. Yeah. So I don't have an image of it in my head, which is quite weird. But so I have an image of all the other Mayfest parties that have ever been in my head. Yeah, <laughs> same. Which is sort of the same. It's like, there's this huge feeling of nostalgia about everything anyway. So it's kind of fitting that where our head wanders to to imagine tomorrow is actually a long time ago. I mean, for me, it's the Bristol Old Vic foyer when it had a purple carpet. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's where I am having my party. Yeah. I don't know how many years away from that room we need to get for that to not be where the party yeah. is in my yeah. head. With a squishy pint glass. But maybe that's... Maybe that's interesting. Maybe tomorrow, in you know, in the way that we are having our not party with, you know, we are posting a playlist and inviting people to dance. I wonder if, you know, th- that experience will genuinely become a memory of a Mayfest party. Yeah, it will. It will. Um, it's, part, it's still part of the legacy of the festival, even though it isn't it. Yeah, you're right. What were you, um, what were you most looking forward to this year? Absolute bastard! I knew that that was the next question that you would want. <laughs> and it's a, that is the question that. Um, and I just hate you for asking it. Yeah, because that's the question that every journalist ever asks us. <laughs> so you just thought you'd be a journalist for a moment. Yeah, in an article with a headline, "May the fest be with you." Or <laughs> <laughs> a smorgasbord of tasty wacky treats. <laughs> um. <laughs> that is the worst question, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. But you have to answer it. I know. So it's not a great question for audio because there is going to be a long pause now. <laughs> and there's nothing that we can do about it unless unless you have the answer already lined up, Matthew, which I think you might. Oh. And then I, while you talk, I can have a think. Uh, and then I can try and win. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that pops into my head, but I, I feel like I never have the definitive answer to this conversation, to this question. But the thing that well, is in my head is, today. Doesn't it? Yeah, is um, I was really looking forward to the show that I, that weirdly I was most scared about in the programme, which is 50-50 Old School Animation. So that mm-hmm. that is a show from New York that I saw and Kieran Arnolfini saw actually kind of two years ago now, nearly yeah. two years ago. So my memory of it is fading. And it was a show that we were definitely the most scared about because it is an incredibly kind of brutal, difficult, challenging piece of work. But it's exactly the kind of show that you know that you, well, that it would do exactly what what it needed to do, which is in the bar afterwards, people would be having quite kind of intense debates about the subject matter, the show itself. So I, I was kind of looking forward to the thrill of that show, I think, whilst also feeling quite nervous about it. 
because there's something that I think that we try and challenge ourselves to do with Mayfest every year, which is what are the shows that would absolutely not come to Bristol as part of anyone else's program mm. or, what the, or what are the shows that we feel like Bristol audiences that we can kind of challenge our audiences a bit and um, take them out of their comfort zone. And I feel like that, that was, that was doing that. So I think that would be my answer to that today. Yeah. I was really looking forward to being in the room with that piece as well. I, I, okay. We're answering the question from the point of view of today, of course, that it doesn't need to be definitive. I think, I'm missing the idea of being with Raquel Messager's crash course in cloud spotting because it's such a beautiful and kind of complex in some ways project, both practically and in terms of what it's talking about and its married ways of reaching people. And so I was really looking forward to sort of finally being at rest in this beautiful place. And I think I'm thinking about that today because I just want to lie down and be quiet today. Yeah. But really, I'm missing the way that, you know, we've chosen two very, very different things there. And the thing that is missed about the festival is exactly that collision. Yeah. The idea that you could move from one to the other, you know, in the real world with real people. Yeah. yeah. And kind of have that sort of potentially expansive and contradictory experience. It like, just feels like a real gift that we're not able to give people. And that's like... Yeah, yeah, it's really frustrating. What are you, um, what are you glad that you're not having to deal with? Because <laughs> there is a bit of me that's like, obviously, I'd much rather be getting ready to open a festival today. But I had a bit of a lie in this morning, and then was like, oh, okay, I'll do this now. And like, there's a bit of me that's like, glad to not have to be dealing with like cushions. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> not being faced with the reality of delivering something significant with a really small team, basically, and the kind of str- yeah. like that dreadful combination of boring and stressful. Yeah. Um, where you've got to do that thing because it really matters if it doesn't happen, but the experience of doing it is like, really? Again? <laughs> but in a way, I don't even, like, I sort of even miss that. I miss that today because yeah. it's, you know, there's like a more connected sort of repetition yeah yeah and god it does make you realize you know all of the tiny ingredients that mount up to making something happen i mean sounds a bit sort of like saccharine of me to say but you realize when you're at a forced distance how much each tiny bit matters yeah so i sort of feel like making those are pledges about how to not in the future whatever that looks like get frustrated by the by some of the minutiae anymore because if it isn't there the whole thing falls over so yeah 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 yeah. you know in a way i'd rather be like stapling a sign to a railing in a high wind with you right now (laughs) (laughs) i think there's photo evidence of that (laughs) yeah like or one of our team calling us saying i think we might have a problem (laughs) those kind of calls I'm afraid they're not happy with their accommodation. <laughs> but also the whole concept of a problem is has completely changed. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I'm sure that it's probably fine. Uh, <laughs> I've also noticed how much, even how much it's making me think of place, uh, specifically, you know, Bristol, which yeah. is obviously where our festival is. And why is that a surprise? Because in a way, when you're not in any of the places, it's sort of, you know, it could, it's like, well, it could be anywhere, but it's so here. Yeah, why is that? It just, it, it, it's made up of the people in the city, I suppose, largely. Audiences, 
Yeah, and the and the community here and the artists here. I mean, even though actually a lot of our programs are artists not based here, but there is something, of course, inherent about the kind of culture or the flavour of the festival, which cannot be separated from the place in which it comes to life. Yeah, because we've been asked before, haven't we, whether we would consider doing an A fest somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, and it's like, well, yes, we would like. No, it wouldn't be a May fest, and it's funny. Yeah, it would be that we feel like that. And even now, like as we consider a different kind of somewhere else over these next few days, you know, what? How are we thinking to mark this time somewhere else? Mm. Does it feel like Mayfest, or is that actually not the point? I feel like, it, uh, yeah, I don't know, but my, I wonder whether it will feel like, um, well, well, a bit like our conversation about the party, it will feel like the memory of a Mayfest, even though. Mm. What we'd like to do over the next few days is, is kind of celebrate all the artists that would have been in, in the programme mm-hmm. this year. But it was still, I feel like people will be viewing that through the memory of what it feels like to be at Mayfest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. mm. What did you have for lunch? Uh, I, had a, um, I had a bacon sandwich, actually. Did you? Yeah. And uh, a few Pringles. Really healthy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but I had quite a healthy breakfast. What did you have for lunch? I had a tuna sandwich and some crisps, so we're on a similar yeah. similar vibe. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish that you um, or that we sort of had done differently in that moment and now? Like, you know what I mean? Is there anything that sort of goes through your head as potentially very different responses or feelings, or does that not really feel even possible to think about? Um, yeah, the uh, very specific one for me actually, uh, um, and it was through being. Uh, at in inverted commas gift at the weekend mm. and, and maybe it was maybe it was a slight pang of jealousy about um mm. the way that kate had managed to well it's the word de jour isn't it pivot everything into being online because uh, i feel like in my head when we we had a discussion about should should it be an online festival and and in my head i i think i had a very narrow image of what that would be <laughs> which was basically like videos of shows. So I was, I think, maybe it wasn't jealousy, envy, uh, that, that Kate had managed to um, be so imaginative and had actually managed to capture some mm. of the, the experience of what it's like to be at a festival. Yeah. Um, so I think if I was back, if I was back in March again, with the, with the knowledge I have now, I, I might have thought differently about that. But also I do really hold on to the fact that the thing that is important to us about Mayfest is people coming together. So it mm. it does feel right that it doesn't that it isn't an online yeah. thing somehow. And I suppose you you know, one's decisions in that moment can only be led by the specific skills and kind of instinct and experience of the persons making the decision. And and we don't, you know, we currently don't have a kind of bank of sort of digital knowledge or expertise. You know, so it, it was. It would have been impossible to imagine what we now already begin to realise is possible, and that so that discovery is also quite exciting for the future. Yeah. How about you? No, I think we just handled. I just think we did everything perfectly, and that <laughs> I'm just absolutely nailing my response to all of this. Who are you, Matt Hancock? <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> I have a regret which slightly predates the decision making, which is a kind of degree of blaseness that I feel like I was carrying, particularly in the office. I felt like there was a kind of a week or so of being a bit giddy and sort of not taking seriously the feelings and the anxieties that might be around 
already at that time about this. Yes. Which I, I think see. is I'm probably just describing a kind of a period of denial. <laughs> and I kind of mean that more personally than anything. I sort of I, I regret being a bit yeah, dismissive about about it. Being feeling a bit like, oh, you know, we're going to have to do this rather than we are going to have to do this. This is obviously the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of immediately, like, deciding that we were in service to something rather than part of it. Yeah, but there was that weird, there was that weird period where it was like, um, wash your hands and sing happy birthday twice. And it was like, <laughs> the, there was a kind of, like, national denial going on. Well, yeah. <laughs> And that was a really weird moment, I think, because so you're right, there was a lot of anxiety, but also a lot of people just saying, oh, it's just like the flu, it doesn't matter, you know, it's like... Well, the whole country was led to believe that, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. It's a disaster, yeah. So, uh, uh, and I remember actually when we were cancelling Undersong, there was a big part of me that moment that was like, this is ridiculous, why are we doing this? This is completely um, mm-hmm. out of proportion. Of course, like, of course we had to do mm. that. But I felt like at that moment there that it was still on that line between like, is this a massive overreaction or is it the right thing to do? And yeah. of course it was the right thing to do. But like, mm. that's weird. Yeah. What makes you feel hopeful? Oh, what makes me feel hopeful? Pe- uh, people. I've got a sort of self-consciousness about feeling like I don't have any original thoughts on this subject because there's a lot of mm. conversations about that. But it's probably still, you know, I, I still feel that I, I made very hopeful by the, um, on the whole, the resilience and kindness that we see and feel in the people around us and the kind of power of attending to your community in whatever way you can. There's, yeah, there's a kind of fierceness of feeling around that for me, which makes me feel very hopeful and makes me kind of understand what we do in a slightly different way. Mm. That makes me feel hopeful. Um, but also I, yeah, it's a podcast, Kate, keep it like. I don't feel massively hopeful. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Like you know, I don't not, but I, I would. That's not a frequent feeling. It's more like this sort of quite pain, sort of almost. You know, I said I really sort of. I say this in the context of not being unwell, such would or or having loved ones who are. But the kind of like almost painful beauty of like just sitting really still and trying to do the right thing, like surrendering a bit. Mm. So that's not that's not what your question is. I think I'm sort of what is being learnt in this time, the kind of process of slowing down and surrendering and kind of really tuning in to yeah. the things that matter. And they're tiny usually for me in every day. There's a, yeah, there's a hope in that. There's a hope and a learning in that. And yeah, and, I, and I'm hopeful about the, the fact that I, you know, still do believe that artists and the, the, the stories that they create and conjure and express are absolutely vital, like that we are nothing without the sharing of our experiences. So really the struggle for us at the moment is in the form. Yeah. It's not making me think like, what's, well, no, it does make me think, what the hell is it all for? But also it doesn't. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah. I think I feel hopeful and like stressed in equal measure about, um, and we were talking about this the other day, about there being a moment for for there to be yeah. big changes, like in the world and in the cultural sector, whatever. But like, um, yes, there's, yeah. there's a moment of possibility. So I feel I feel hopeful about that, but I also feel really stressed about it because I feel like everyone is is in a moment of panic about the future. And so mm. our natural instinct to, is to kind of just do what we were doing before because that feels safe. And actually, yeah. I feel like the uh, well, like you you're saying, like having a moment to sit in it and go okay, this is what this is, and this is, and, and then try and think about what the future could be together. Mm. 
I feel like there could be hope there, but I, I wonder if that is like hope as in like, I'm really hoping that that happens <laughs> because also I don't really trust, I don't really trust that it will. And I feel like that'll be a really missed, a real missed opportunity. I'm saying all that, not really knowing what I feel like I want to see. I don't, I don't, I could. But also in, in what feeling like what, what part we can play in that, you know, what's, yeah. What is, yeah, like, what yeah. is the change we need to see? Like, what do we do about it? What can we do about it? Yeah. Or at least say about it. And that for me veers from like, I was reading an article this morning about what's his name, Yanis Varoufakis in Greece saying like, this is a moment where we could like, where capitalism could could change completely. And so it's like thinking about things as massive as that. Yeah. Um, well, what's the division of funding for the arts in Bristol and how could that change? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> they're all connected, aren't they? But like, or like, how could we rearrange the office so that it feels better or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but I'd hate to like in 10 years time to look back on this and go oh bollocks we like we there was a moment there where like we all could have done something brilliant once in a generation and we actually fudged it and just went back to a kind of shitter version of what we had before yeah that's a really awful thought <laughs> yeah. a version of what we had before but everyone's standing two metres apart no thanks mm. yeah <laughs> I mean, what we had before wasn't safe, obviously, in all meanings of the word, yeah. in a way. Do you know what I mean? That's quite wobbling. This isn't a safe world for, like, most people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just watching a child blow bubbles in their garden. It's really dear. Oh, that's nice. I suppose, yeah, it seems, I just in a situation where certainly it feels to me, and amongst our kind of peers industry-wide there is a bit of a hurry to articulate but we don't I just don't think we have the language yeah um, how how to sort of turn waiting and seeing or a version of that into something which doesn't feel kind of like passive and copping out but actually is a form of building resilience for the future when we have a little bit more of a sense of it yeah and and being okay with like no no one knowing the answers like a few people have forwarded me stuff that's like read this this is the article that like tells you exactly what's going to happen and it's like no yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah until tomorrow yeah um <clears throat> okay so to, um tomorrow night what uh what's the, like what's the the song that you that um it sums up a mayfest party for you <laughs> <laughs> um oh it's probably either wuthering height kate bush yes which I have a specific shameful memory of me like dragging Scotty's suitcase around, <laughs> flinging it around in a bad version of that dance. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, or um, all night long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think all night long is on is up there for me. Because there are these songs that, like, so that song in particular, it feels like, how has that become a track that on the hot, or certainly when I, if I'm in a situation where that's being danced to, everyone absolutely loves it, the one that they want to dance to. So what, but why is that in some way funny? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just an absolute banger. It's not funny. It's just a classic. It's like, we can't just let ourselves be like, great, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Enjoy yourself while simultaneously taking the piss out of yourself. Yeah. So maybe a benefit of people just being on their own in the kitchen will be that they can just, everyone can be deeply earnest about <laughs> the yeah. experience that they're having. And no one needs to know. Totally. For some reason, I also want to say rhythm is a dancer. It's like, um, 
I feel like that has been. Uh, I feel like I've seen Tanuja from Sleep Dogs like really going for that. Song. Yeah, I can just hear the intro and see her waving her hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 